And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Champion contenders, we drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, banner 12 plus 6 here. Fast PP. Top rookie, I'm saying it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? <laughs> Aziz. Hey, Jay, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to. The Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan. And I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King. And we are coming to you live after game two of the Celtics first round series against the Brooklyn Nets. And they got absolutely worked, smoked, destroyed. Losing 130 to 108. Jason Tatum leaves the game after getting poked in the eye. Really doesn't play much in the second half. And Jay, the Nets are very good and have Kevin Durant and James Harden. I don't like what I don't even know where to start with this one. It's just like a complete ass kicking from start start to finish. Wasn't the greatest performance the Celtics have ever had. Um, but no, <laughs> also, we, we look like two douchebags right now. We've got we've got you with your stupid little tank top shirt. Make my eyes champion. pop. We got me with my dumbass headband. And the higher ups wanted us to go live on the YouTubes, and this is what they get our ugly faces. And you know what? The people seem to enjoy it as well. Yeah. But the the Celtics game was not very enjoyable, not for them at least. They uh they caught the brunt of the Nets' talent level, and I thought in Game One they did a good job of of taking the Nets out of a little rhythm, at least for parts of the game. In Game Two, the Nets were in rhythm from the start. Joe Harris got going in transition. Once he gets going, it opens up everything for everybody else, and the Celtics just really did not. Like they did nothing to force the Nets out of a rhythm the entire game. And don't get me wrong, like this is this is going to be basically an impossible series for the Celtics to win. Um, but they need to control the controllables a lot better. I thought they're like Brad Stevens preached ball movement and player movement. 
and, and cutting. And then they had one assist in the first quarter while the Nets had 12. So it was just from the start, just an ass whipping. Yeah. And I think Gary Washburn asked every player this after the game, even Brad Stevens, just like, what do you do? Like you, you send the second you send a, like a little bit of extra attention towards Durant or Harden, they put the ball in rotation and all of a sudden Joe Harris has wide open, wide open corner threes. Like they, you like did a pretty good job of switching and getting like forcing kind of ISO ball in, the, in game one. But now it's just, that didn't really seem like they had an answer whatsoever. And it also feels like the nets are a cheat code. The nets have t- 12 assists in the first quarter, uh, win that quarter 40 to 26. Joe Harris hits four threes. James Harden doesn't even take a shot attempt. And then they just get to, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving play the entire first quarter. Then the Nets start the second quarter with basically James Harden playing ISO basketball. That was the best offense in the league last year is James Harden playing ISO basketball. There's just no place where the Celtics could even gain ground uh, and keep up scoring wise. And it's just, I don't know what the answer is. Tatum didn't have it really from the start. And I mean, Evan Fournier shot better from the field. Kemba Walker uh, I, like got to the line and actually had a decent shooting performance. Five of 11 from the field. Marcus Smart knocked down some threes late, but it feels like they need Tatum to get at least 35 or 40 and he only scored nine tonight. He did leave early, but he was never on pace to do that. They just don't know like what the answer is for them. Um, Cause there's no way they're going to stop the nets, but they certainly aren't keeping up with them on the offensive end either. Yeah. I didn't think the Celtics would have this much trouble scoring in this series. Um, but the nets have been very physical with their switching. They've taken the Celtics completely out of what they want to do. Tatum played 22 minutes, only had, three three-point attempts. Kemba Walker played 30 minutes, only had three three-point attempts. So they're they're really taking the Celtics out of what they do best and haven't given either of those two guys any good looks. They're really sending help off those two guys. It's, it's obvious that the Celtics need additional scoring in, in that first unit. Um, and everywhere, they've tried to go to Jabari Parker for that reason. And so they just don't have many good answers right now to, to make this even a competitive series. Like they're going to have to clean up all of the mistakes, especially defensively. I, I just thought they let the nets get free. They let the nets get separation. And those guys are all such good shooters, such good scorers that, that if, if you give them easy opportunities and they make the right play too. And that's the other part of it. Like, Seemed like every time the Celtics left the guy open, the the Nets punished them with an extra pass. And so they're playing the right way, and, and they're really, really destroying the Celtics for every mistake. It was yikes. yikes. Big time yikes. It's it's hard to analyze that game because it's just like, the Nets are a lot better than the Celtics. The Nets are so much they're better. They're a whole lot better than the Celtics. That one play where Durant was coming down in transition, pitched it back to Kyrie, who drew the who drew a defender and then skipped it over back to Durant, who drew a defender, and then he just casually threw it to Joe Harris, who was wide open in the corner. It's like, what are you supposed to do? If, if you're not back in transition, they just have so many options that you need to sell out to stop. And 
it was just I mean, there were some plays like that, and there will be some plays like that, but it's all the other plays that Celtics have to do a better job of of defending. And, like, they they just got lost on bodies. And then I thought once once things went sideways defensively, like their offensive execution, they just started kind of going into hero mode and going away from from what they wanted to do. Not that, not that their offense was particularly crisp before that or in game one. Um but they definitely force some stuff after that and just kind of but but it's it's hard to play the nets man because there is that pressure of like if you don't score 50% of possessions like you're in trouble and i like the Celtics they played pretty good offense for the first 6 or so minutes first 8 minutes and they were down 6 points and then they stopped scoring for a little while and that's it was 16 it's like it's just this happened so fast it's impossible to stop them in transition just and pick up every single body and just not leave anyone open. You want to shade a little bit towards uh, either Kevin Durant or James Harden, but it's just, it leads to wide open shots. And you're right. They just, the key to beating the Nets is just not missing any shots because if they can get out in transition, they're absolutely lethal. And it's even when the Celtics, I felt like played solid defense, there's still times where it's like Kevin Durant got the ball and was able to take just, He's knocked down contested threes or uh, I have in my notes somewhere. Oh yeah. James Harden step back is still a thing. Like there's just like so many things the nets can turn to that. Even if the Celtics play well, if they don't consistently score and put up what, like 35 points a quarter, there's just no way they're going to be able to keep up. Like Kyrie Irving, the Nets didn't need Kyrie Irving tonight. He was a superfluous player. He did not really, contribute that much and then not really trying to take away anything from him he played a pretty decent game but they didn't need him at all he had 15 points I guess six assists just when you have Kevin Durant and James Harden and you can just shuffle these guys back and forth there's no answer does the like and has it ruined basketball maybe does the regular season (laughs) matter anymore no not at all because you just have this much talent like it's crazy to me and I think a part of it's because the those big three have only played eight games together, but the Nets are like clearly the odds on favorite to win the East, right? Like they just have so much talent uh that can play so many minutes. Like they get like their top three guys can play over 38 minutes a game, and they're just going to have a dominant offensive lineup no matter what. I just don't see how you slow these guys down. I want to see them in a real series. Because the Celtics like they were never great to begin with. Then they lost Jalen Brown. Robert Williams is banged up. Jason Tatum got poked in the eye. He couldn't see right. Um, Fournier like barely played with the Celtics at all before the playoffs started. He was Celtics, decent tonight. He had just, four or five from three. But I'm saying the Celtics just aren't – they're not great. So I, I want to see the Nets against a team like Milwaukee that will challenge them physically. And that has Giannis to, to – just take on the switches and and brutalize them when they have the wrong matchup on him. And I don't think the Celtics have done a good job of of beating the switches and getting good offense against the switches. Um, but the Nets have done a really good job. Like their defense has been much better than I thought it would be in this series. They they have locked in. And then in tonight's game, like all of a sudden Blake Griffin is dunking on dudes again. 
I didn't expect simple too, give and goes. Too I didn't simple expect give too much of that. Lead to Blake Griffin dunks. Like that's just they were passing the ball like very well. It seems to be locked in. You put some talented basketball players on the same court, they seem to be doing well. And it's like it's not even that frustrating from a Celtics fan's perspective. Like I know NBC Sports Boston or people are like killing the Celtics. Like oh, they didn't have enough heart. Like they didn't compete. I don't even. It's I don't think they tried yet. Like yes, they made some mistakes, but mistakes happen. They're just playing against a far superior and more talented team, and they have to play the absolute perfect game for them to win. And at no point over the season have the Celtics played a perfect game. It's like the entire year, it's the Celtics have played poorly when they don't have Jalen Brown or like one of their stars. They don't have Jalen Brown. They're going to play poorly. Like they have played poorly in games in which Tristan Thompson plays big minutes. They have to play Tristan Thompson big minutes. Like, I don't know what the expectation is at this point, but they're going to lose. Like they're, You're going to get what you want. The Nets are going to play the Bucs uh, next week. Uh, like I just don't see the Celtics having a, a chance unless the Nets completely like take their foots off the gas. And even then, like the Celtics still probably will lose. Just like the Nets played their like a bad game for them in game one and still came away with the victory. Uh, like scored 104 points. They had that by three quarters in this game. And so like, I think you can maybe hope for a game where the Celtics, like everything clicks for them on offense, but you're still going up against a Nets team where I'd be shocked if they scored less than 110 points the rest of the series. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to score a lot of points. They are an offensive juggernaut. Like you said, the, the, the hardened step back threes, it's like, there used to be an entire offense built on those and built around his isolation skills. That's and their he, plan B. That he, is their plan B. <laughs> he has barely needed to go into his bag. Like, and then Durant just goes and kind of gets a bucket whenever he wants. Um, Durant was playing phenomenal defense in two in terms of like rim protection. Four blocks. He's seven feet tall. He's Kevin Durant. Like, I don't know what we're do- doing here. And like, Jason Tatum clearly did not have it to start the game. I thought he was a little, I mean, but this is what kind of Jason Tatum does a lot where he starts games and is a kind of a little bit more passive, takes some more outside shots. I think he made more of an effort in the second quarter to try and get to the rim. There's a lot of calls that didn't go his way. Surprise, surprise. But once he gets his eye poked out and it seems like he has a scratch corny or something, like what are we, what are we doing here? We got, 12 minutes of Grant Williams. He knocked down some three, uh, a three, but like without Tatum, I just don't know what the answer is because they have like, they have no chance. S Foster 18 SF says the Celtics will take the next game. He has predicted if, if it happens, listener S Foster 18 SF was the one who predicted it. Referee Scott Foster, and is does he know so. that because he's refereeing Game Three and is going to call everything in the like, foul out Kevin Durant <laughs> because Adam Silver has dictated that he that he gives the Celtics a game. No, that that should be at least be a fun atmosphere. Kyrie Irving is going back to Boston, and I don't think the fans care that the Celtics are down 2-0 in an impossible situation. Oh, it's going to make it worse. Like they're they just are going be, to give Kyrie the entire season out on Kyrie Irving. Yeah, it's it's going to be harsh, and and it. But the Nets, like, they could respond to that and just win by sixty. 
Kyrie could respond by individually dropping 60 if he like Kyrie's in his focused mode. Oh no. Oh no. Ky- Kyrie is going to make his point by playing basketball the right way. Just That's playing the most efficient like triple double, just making the right play every single time. Yeah, I could see that happening. I just like I don't know what the the what the best like trying to go optimism, big brain, sports positivity. The one thing I can take away from this Celtics game and be like, feel good about it moving forward. There's something you feel good about? Alley-oops to Robert Williams will always be cool and still seem like an effective form of offense. Scored eight points tonight. Seems like something they can turn to. It's just like that. Like, give me. I'm grasping for straws here. Like, but that he's he's a solid player. It felt like in the second quarter he was just trying to jump his way back into the game and like jump the Celtics back in the game. Just leaping out of the gym, but that's my – I'm grasping at straws here because that's the only real positive I can take from this game. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Yeah, the uh, the net shot, 52.3% from the field, 44.7% from three, and 95.5% from the free throw line. They are just a ridiculous shooting roster. 31 assists. 31 assists. It's wild. I'm surprised the Celtics had 23. Only one in the first quarter. Only seven in the first half. Garbage time got them to 23, let's be honest. There was a lot of garbage time in this one. They, uh, They just don't have any answers. There is no answer for for Brad Stevens. There is no answer for this Celtics team. This... And like they they kind of know it. Like in the post game press conference conferences, Brad seemed kind of pissed off that he had to answer questions and like I guess explained it all. But like Marcus Smart seems like was asked what they need to do. He's just like, "We'll go home, shower, see our family, meet with our, see our families, eat breakfast." watch film and take it from there. And it's just like, they're I, like, I don't really, I don't think they're going to give up. I think they have like a lot of uh, respect for the game. And like, I don't like all the bullshit about them not trying. They're trying hard. I just think it's very tough to get up for multiple games when you know, you're going to get your ass kicked. Like that is just very, 
But no, that, that's that's loser talk right there. You have a lot of loser talk. Like it doesn't I'm matter. Sorry, if my you're team is your, getting it's losing. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're getting your ass kicked. You've got to compete. They have been competing. It's not like they're giving up. It it felt like there was. They certainly took the the pedal off the metal for a while there. They weren't going full bore. And it, to to me, it's the lack of execution. Like they just get out of their execution when when things go wrong sometimes. And obviously, the the Nets are gonna hit you with a lot of haymakers, and you got to just keep responding over and over. Um, but I I and I, Brad Stevens said like he was disappointed that the Celtics defense just wasn't sharp, and that's been the story of the entire season. Like the Celtics have always had great defenses under Stevens. But this year, for whatever reason, they never reached that. And I think it has something to do with the personnel. I think it has something to do with the youth. They play a lot of players who weren't on the Celtics team last year. Like I I, look, I went back and looked at the box score of game one. Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, and, and Marcus Smart were the only three players to play in that game during before garbage time who were in the playoff rotation last season. And so there's been a lot of overhaul. There are a lot, you know, they're playing rookies and Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith. They're playing Fournier, who's been on the team for like three weeks. They're playing Tristan Thompson, who's still in his first year with them and hasn't been great a lot of the time. Even Robert Williams, like he's been very good, but one, he's hurt, and two, He's never really played extended playoff minutes before. So, like, there are reasons that the Celtics' defense has not been sharp this season, but it's it's been over and over again this whole year that they've never reached a level where they're sharp defensively consistently. And and, and that's that's very rare for a Brad Stevens team, and I, I think he, he said it, that that's what's frustrated him most about this season is that, you know, in the past, when guys have missed games, when players have been out, when stars have been sidelined, they've always found a way to maintain a strong defense. And this year, just couldn't do it. And the Nets will kill you if if you're not sharp. They might kill you anyway. They might kill you anyway, but it's almost like trading. Love that. Love that comment. The kid, Jay King, looks like an MLB pitcher after throwing a complete game. Love it. I mean, you do look strong. I though I don't think you. I've seen you in anything other than this gray headband for the past four months. So, do you wash it? I, yeah, I do wash it. Okay, I, that's good. I, I, I put soap on it. I've, I've got to brag about my uh, high school baseball career at this point. I, really? Uh, Let's hear about your high school baseball career. I pitched one inning. Ooh! In my life, the coach hated me because I skipped all the practices for AAU practices or games. Ball so I only, I only pitched one inning, struck out four guys. Oh, the old drop third strike. Struck out four guys. I was I was a wild, wild pitcher. And it was only freshman baseball. Do you have gas? you have that gas, Masterson? I, I threw hard. I didn't know where the fuck it was going, but I threw hard. So my senior year of baseball, I didn't strike out the entire season. Didn't have a great average. Like, I had no strength, but I could make contact. And then in my final at bat in the season end tournament. Oh, you K'd? I strike out on a bullshit curveball, and it's just miserable. Oh, it was so disappointing. One of the worst moments 
in my uh, baseball career. That That's was tough. It was That's it tough. was extremely tough. I mean, getting back to the Celtics defense, what do you do? Like they you is Kemba Walker a plus defender? No. Is Evan Fournier a plus defender? No. I would not count Tristan Thompson as a plus defender at this point. You try to switch on to all these nets, and like then you automatically have a mismatch where it's Kevin Durant against either Kemba Walker or Evan Fournier. When that situation happens, you have someone naturally kind of drift to help, and then uh, James Hart. Then you're like in rotation, and the Nets have immediately an open three. I don't know what the solution is defensively, given their personnel, where they can kind of slow the teams down, unless you're just very committed to playing all of these guys one-on-one after switching, which it felt like Kemba Walker was on Kevin Durant a lot tonight. That's not great for the Celtics. And um, it also hurts, like, not to gang up on Tristan Thompson, but Daniel Tice was the kind of – You're not the biggest Tristan Thompson guy. No, and the numbers are not the best, biggest Tristan Thompson guy. But, like – it goes back to trading Daniel Tice. I know they probably thought they weren't going to resign him over luxury tax, that whole discussion. But he was the thing that made the Celtics defense great last year is their ability to move five guys on a string to move extremely quickly, double and make rotations quickly. And Daniel Tice was like the key of that back line of defense, that five who could do all that. I don't see Tristan Thompson doing that. Rob Williams does a lot more flying around, but there is no cohesion in terms of five guys moving on a string. And I just don't think Tristan Thompson is necessarily the right personnel guy to kind of implement that defense. Like that defense, you need to be very well connected and always making the right decisions and have trust in each other. And I just don't see that with the Celtics current personnel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I have, I have no argument, no disagreement with that. Did you see what uh, Kyrie said? I did. He yeah. was asked about coming back for game three. He said he's already come, been an opponent in Boston, but then he also said he didn't want any belligerence, any racism, any subtle racism, uh, which is a fair request on his part. I mean, I think we're talking about, like, the Celtics crowd is going to be ugly. It's probable. Like, I'm not surprised that Kyrie Irving said that. It's shitty that he has to say that and that, like, it wouldn't be surprising at all to me if there were like racist things yelled at Kyrie Irving, especially after he called it out. And so I'm not surprised to necessarily hear that. We've heard that for a long time about athlete, black athletes playing in Boston. Um, It's unfortunate and it sucks. And if you hear someone say racist things at the garden should call them out and have them kicked out. But I don't know. I'm not, are you surprised by like Kyrie Kyrie's comments? Um, I, have been at the Garden many times. Well, first of all, he hasn't been to Boston since he left. So well, unless, he, he played the game where he lit the sage, but there's no fans there. There were no fans there. So un- unless people were shouting racist shit to him when he was still on the Celtics and he was still playing for their team, or it happened before he even went to Boston while he was with Cleveland, I'm just – not sure when it happened and I'm not I'm not saying it didn't happen um but but people there are legitimate reasons for the Celtics fans to not like Kyrie Irving 
And... Oh, boo the hell out of him. It's like, but boo it in like a fun, this is sports way instead of a just a shitty, I'm a jackass, I have to be furious with everyone way. Like, Yeah, don't don't be racist. Don't be racist. Don't ever be racist. Don't be racist to Kyrie. Don't be racist. Don't make it like personal. Just boo the man every time he touches the basketball and have a good time and then laugh when he gives you 50 points. Like he, I think he's going to rise to occasion. It's just, um, it's going to be very interesting to see what the environment is on game three with his first game back. And then game four, when it's going to be close to full capacity, I think the Celtics have to hope that the, maybe the hometown crowd can push them to a win. But Again, at this point, it's uh, it's not likely. I think we've had enough. I have no more things to say, so we're going to wrap this po- episode up with a very fun segment we like to call the Potable Six Pack. This is where Jay and I pick out the six. I always say most important things, but oftentimes uh, the Potable Six Pack is filled with uh, nonsense. So it's just the six things that Jay and I want to make sure you took away from this basketball game. Jay, I will let you go first and get the first pick in the potable six-pack. I am going with Evan Fournier calling Kevin Durant a bitch. Hell yeah. There is no other option for that. There's there's something glorious about being down 20 and calling a guy a bitch. I've been there before. I, I, I have been <laughs> on the court frustrated with everything. You get into it with an opponent. Sometimes he's a lot better than you, and and sometimes you're just pissed off. And so Evan Fournier called Kevin Durant a bitch. I, I appreciated it. I respected it. When you're down, you shouldn't be happy. And so I respected Fournier's competitive spirit in that moment. Yeah, and it's just fun to – a little beef in that game. It needed something. Um, it could have been uh, a little bit more exciting, but I agree – um, shouts to Fournier for uh, for increasing the beef content uh, in game one. I'm going to go with Marcus Smart's third quarter. Very sneaky, 19 points in that quarter, five from seven from deep. The only reason, I mean, the game wasn't even close. They hit The Celtics hit five threes in two minutes and we're still down by 24. But, I mean, Marcus Smart is good for a crazy three-point shooting game, uh, once the playoffs. And as soon as Tatum went out, it was just like Marcus Smart was like, all right, Hop on my shoulders, boys. We're sh- I'm shooting our us back into the game. Five of seven from deep, six of ten from the quarter, 19 points. I think he deserves a lot of credit for uh, knocking down the throws, all of those threes. Yeah, that's that's good. You got another pick, bro. Um, I already mentioned it, but Time Lord Alley Oops, very cool. Time Lord Thunderous put deck dunks. The man's an elite leaper. He has much more gravity. He's better than Tristan Thompson. I hope they extend him this offseason. That's sure, I'm sure a conversation we'll have later, but Time Lord rocks. I'm going to go with We Want Taco Chance in Brooklyn. <laughs> when he's inactive. Just, just wholesome content. He was inactive. The fans still loved him. But that's the type of game it was, like Nets fans calling for Taco. Because everyone ne- we needed something. We, it the was fourth so quarter over. was so boring. I in the fourth quarter, I just said I have no notes. I am done. There's nothing more relevant about this game. Um, Carson Carson got a little hot. Carson did not knock down some. Uh, did some Should fancy have put passing. Put that in your notes. 
I, I, I stopped taking notes. I'm glad you're here to, to and, keep us making sure we're monitoring the fourth quarter. And then my other, my other pick, um, Brad Stevens' challenge. Awful. It was <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it was in the first quarter, right? It was either first quarter or early second. I think it was, I think it was early quarter. Early second. Early second. And Robert Williams clearly fouled James Harden on an and one three-pointer. Even if he hadn't fouled him, the shot went in. So it would have counted, right? And so Stevens just wasted his challenge and very early. Not that it not that it fucking mattered. And he was probably trying to shift the momentum a little bit. Um, just kind of did would that even shift the momentum? Like with the whole Celtics team, they win that challenge, they all go, Yeah. And then like suddenly they have a burst of energy and they like go on a 12-0 run. Yeah, Does that, that was, really do anything? That was a tough challenge. Uh absolutely tough challenge. I'm gonna go for my final pick. This is Joe Harris hitting what, how many threes in the first half? Like he's gotta eat like fantastic basketball life where all he has to do is hit wide open jump shots. And like, he's professional. He's elite at it. It's like they built a team. Like Joe Harris is an elite three point shooter. And then he got to join a team or a team that got assembled around him with that just needed elite three point shooting, like the role and the system perfectly developed right around Joe Harris. And he absolutely crushed the Celtics. And there, I just, there's nothing, nothing the Celtics could do. Joe Harris, it was 1913 at one point, about like seven minutes left to go in the first quarter. And the, they came out. It was turnover, Joe Harris three, turnover, Joe Harris three, turnover, Joe Harris layup. And just Joe Harris, man, he's three point champion, quite good at basketball uh, and just living his best life right now. Joe Harris, the man can shoot the piss out of it, man. He really is a cheat code for them. Like, it's just. If they, they already have, have a cheat code, and he's a cheat code on top of a cheat code. They have three other cheat codes, and then, but like you could help off other guys if he didn't exist. Like if they just had even normal shooters, like pretty good shooters, but he's the best percentage three point shooter in the entire league. So pretty, pretty good. Yep, cheat code. All right, is that wrapped it up? Anything else in your notebook, Jay King? Uh, he wants to know, is this a Marcus Smart game? I don't think that was the Marcus Smart game. I think that was just normal Marcus Smart. Whenever the Celtics are down 20, he's good for a flurry because he he's not going to surrender, and he the- always seems to hit a bunch of threes when they're down. There will be a Marcus Smart game when it's actually close. I don't know if it'll matter. But there will be a Marcus will there Smart will there be a, will it actually be close over the next two games at least in a, the first or second quarter? All right, so yeah, I mean this is the Marcus Smart game only because Marcus Smart's not going to have an opportunity to make some winning plays and actually have it be the winning uh, Marcus Smart game. So I think you have to take his nineteen point third quarter. All points he scored uh, came in the third quarter. I think that is the Marcus Smart game. I don't know if this necessarily going to have another chance to win, but. That's going to wrap it up from us, unless you got anything else. Jay, Celtics lose 130-108. The next game is Friday night. We'll be coming to you again live after that game. Who knows? We may even throw in a podcast midweek if there's more things to talk about. Thank you guys for joining everyone here live on the YouTubes. We'll be doing this 
from now on, every podcast will be here live on the YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe uh, and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, do all those things podcast hosts tell you to do. And thank you for listening to this episode of As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.